I don't know. I like the title. Do you guys see the title today? The title is the to- time to build. The time to build. It's time to build something about building. I like it. Something like that. Yeah. I like it. So welcome, yeah. Pastor Fred. Here, Asher. These. Thank you. All right, got this. Got that. Made it. (laughs) It's been a day already. It's been a good day, though. You know, um, most people are like, oh, it's raining, but I planted grass seed like two weeks ago, and like nothing for a week. You know, I, I planted it the one day, I just spread it out there, and I'm getting up the next morning, and I was like literally expecting a little tiny piece, <laughs> pieces of grass to come up. I know that's a little wow. too soon, but um, so, but the last week and a half, and the, and the rain today, I'm starting to see the peach fuzz now. So it's kind of exciting for me. <laughs> oh, speaking of peach fuzz, did you guys want to share? Uh, I had asked Kevin and Marianne to share a little testimony. I know it, Kevin. And here's the thing. Why he doesn't want to share? Maybe because he gets yelled at. Oh, that's the husband answer. Oh, look at that. Yes, friendship dues. Share your testimony. It is. stores nationwide, and they want two of our products to start out with. So, um, yes, we're very excited about that. (laughs) The other thing, which I thought was really interesting, we'd never heard of this, is there's a gentleman who's starting up hot sauce vending machines, which I thought was very ingenious. Um, Truck stops, airports. I mean, 
there you get a ton of people looking at that stuff. And at first I'm like, airports, and then Kevin's like, well, yeah, after you get through, you can get your hot sauce. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Once you get oh, past TSA, like the duty-free shop, you can get the five-ounce bottles. And he's starting with two of our products to put it in the machines for Ohio. So his plan is, is each... What he wants to do is, in Ohio, he'll have Ohio-based products, Indiana, Pennsylvania, so on and so forth. But the ones that sell the best, he'll go from state to state to state and put those on the quote-unquote top row. So what he wants to start off with is the machines are going to be like with one of those, I don't know what you call those, scanner box dealios. It's not the UPC, but you know what I'm talking about. You scan that, and it will take you directly to your the individual businesses' websites. And he must have some sort of an investor behind him because he eventually wants the screen to be like a 3D virtual experience where you can actually spin the bottle without actually physically touching it before you make the that way you can look up ingredients and the write up and the you know nutritional facts and that type of thing. So it's uh, he's going to start. He actually, he started with two products. He actually made space for the one because it was a bigger size bottle. So that was that's pretty exciting. And like he said, he's going to put them in airports. Um, I think he's starting, I think he's in the Cincinnati area. He actually owns a hot sauce company as well. And we, when we first met him, I'm like, you know, a little flamboyant, a little loud. But actually, he ended up being a really good guy. <laughs> And you see why I don't normally come up and do it. <laughs> so anyways, we just want to say God was amazing when we were on vacation. And we're so happy to be back. Sweet, thank you. I, I wanted you, I, I want to continue to, you know, as you guys have testimony. You know, I know... At some point, I'm going to ask Catherine to come up because I know things are moving along. There's all sorts of things, but um, uh, God is moving. He's breathing where where he's asking people to step out like that, right? He's breathing on it. And we're seeing the increase that, that Melissa was just talking. And, and we need to be encouraged with that, you know? Uh, our business is people, you know? And we want... What's, what's our what's our vision? When you succeed, we will celebrate. You know, it's it's investing in people, in their dreams. And we want to see people succeed. So, anyway, um, I'm excited about this word as well. Um, it, it has been a labor of love over the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, but I wanted to just start you with some, some pictures. You know, again, the, the title is It's Time to Build. Right, um, and that can mean so many things. And um, it, let, let me just say, it's so much more. If you can conceive it, it's not big enough. Okay, when, when we're talking about building, okay, there are things that immediately come to my mind. And even as I started the word, he went and he, he began to stretch things. And I know that that is even still too small. And it's exactly what you think, but it's not at all what you think. Um, I, I believe this is a, a corporate word locally. I, I believe it's a word. I believe it's, it speaks of what God is doing in the earth and why we've been spending the last three weeks talking about what we've been talking about. But I started by, I, I just, I don't know what I Googled. 
I typed in beautiful creative buildings or something like that, and I got some of this stuff that popped up because, I mean, this is outside the box when it comes to building. Am I right? I mean, I'm no architect. Uh, I couldn't build something like this, and this is over, you know, close to 100 years old, and these guys are doing some amazing stuff like this, and then you got, this is, I think, still in the concept stage. Um, don't ask me where it's at. I didn't take those notes. But this really amazing architecture that's in the works. Um, I'm pretty sure, oh yeah, there's another one, which is similar to the old one. I mean, it, it looks like this off of the covers of some of those utopia books, you know, or, or things from back in the back in the day when Pastor Tim was young. <laughs> Girl. Girl. <laughs> I don't think that's better. I don't know if it's better. But I tried. Um, this one I found interesting. So I do, I do remember this was a, a concept design, something that they're looking to do in Iran. Uh, which I went, oh. You know, it was kind of one of those things like, you know how people would say, can anything good come out of Nazareth about Jesus? I was kind of thinking the same thing about Iran, but, you know, it, it, it's more than what you hear on the world stage in, in terms of the news. Um, but uh, some just really interesting buildings out there. And then there's this. <laughs> I'm not sure if I liked it. But at the same time, it's like, well, I don't have a backyard, but I've got ocean everywhere. So, anyways, that's where we're going to start. This. You don't, have, you don't this. want somebody to come near you, just push the boat away. Or you want them to leave, you push them into the trucks. <laughs> so, as I always say, the last few weeks we've been talking about trust, right? The last three weeks we've, been, we've invested actually quite a bit of time on that topic. And uh, I was looking at a way to begin tying that up a little bit as we transition in. And I came across an article by uh, Lee Colin, who is a writer in a business newsletter called Inc.com. It's there at the bottom. And I, I like the way he summarizes trust. Okay, he, he calls it his simple trust test. Okay, so the test is basically um, how are you trusting others uh, or are you trusting them? You know, are you trusting them as you should? Okay, and it, and it boils down to three questions. Do I search out and do what is in the best interest of others? You know, is that my heart? Yes, we need, it's not just about laying your life down, but, but there's some of that as well. But do I actually get under others' missions in life, those around me, and push up? That builds trust. Do I communicate all the information that others need to succeed? Um, I'm improving in this area. I'm not great in this area. I can I could pro probably say that most of us are still a work of, of progress in this area in particular. Communication is hard to come by. Because there's what we think others need, and then there's what we actually communicate, and then there's what they actually receive. And so this can be a, a, a challenging thing. So it's a two-way street, but am I doing my part for communication? And then lastly, it boils down to do I keep my commitments? Insert whatever that might be. If I'm saying I'm going to do this, am I actually doing it? 
And I dare say that we're probably all a work in progress when it comes to that as well. Uh, we have good intentions towards one another. We have good intentions towards our family, our friends, our coworkers, even. And then we go, oh yeah, by the way, I forgot to do that. <laughs> or sometimes that's really what's needed. Because we, we tend to overcommit, right? And uh, sometimes it's just acknowledging that as part of the communication. So I, I felt like that really kind of in a nutshell brought, brought things together. But then the next question for me, or I guess the, 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 the bunny trail that I started going down, I had lots of bunny trails here, okay? I was telling Michelle and Apostle Tim, um, there were so many bunny trails as I was preparing this word, and that was so much of the challenge here because it's like, man, if I go down every one of these trails, we're going to be in for hours. And rest assured, I, this is why I labored, okay? So we won't be here for hours. But it was a challenge because there's so much meat in, in the things that he's spoken. But I'm going to keep it on track. I'm going to do my best to keep things on track. Um, so why have we been spending three weeks on trust? Um, if you've been with us for any length of time, You've probably heard us say something like this. Okay, if you hear if, if you're in God's word and you see it once, it's important, right? If you see it a second time, it's important and worthy of immediate attention. Okay? In other words, it's not just perk up your ears, it's perk up your ears, turn around. You hear it a third time, okay? It's important, it's worthy of our immediate attention, and chances are you better prepare for change. Because if God is repeating something three times, it's one of those things that he, he really wants to get in, work into you, put on top of you. He wants to see this worked into your life. Um, I thought it, again, I tend to think in, in pictures form as well. So for me, it, it's kind of like um, uh, if someone tells you there's oil in a field, Right? Uh, if it's God telling you there's oil in a field, you're darn right. I'm at least going to take one of those little bumper things, you know what I'm talking about? He put out in the field and, and just pumper, pumper. Uh, I am not an oil man, all right? Obviously. An oil rig, a small oil rig, and you put it out in the field. Okay, I'm betting on it. Okay, God tells me something. I know there's oil in it. I'm going to put something down. He tells me a second time, okay, I better start investing a little bit more, okay, because I know that I know that there's something good below the surface, and he, he really wants to bring it up. So I'm going to prepare to, to really, all right, let's, let's make some plans around this. He tells me a third time, and it's kind of like this, right? I get my Exxon Mobil sign, and I start building a factory. Because I know that as soon as I start digging into this, there's going to be a gusher. There's going to be a geyser. There's going to be something that's going to radically change my life. Does this make sense? We've been talking about trust for three weeks. Now you can say, well, yeah, because that's, you orchestra that's because you orchestrated that. And that's true. Um, but as, as we've said and as we've shared, this has been a word that's been marinating um, for well over nine months, and something we felt we could really dig into, and it lays some important foundations. So, 
Um, I, I want to transition with that thought of trust because it, it really it it feeds into where we're going. Okay, um, it's something that we want to build in. So I want to, to take just a, another moment just to just to clarify to add a little bit more clarity about what we're talking about, the kind of trust we're talking about. Because here's the thing: um, it's easy to hear. If you come from a place of not trusting people, period, because of your experience, because of, of your experience, or because of your experience, right? <laughs> Largely, we go, ah, sorry, you can come this far no more. No more. No touching, right? Um, we can get really jaded by relationships. And so we can hear something like, you know, Apostle Tim was talking about... Um, the word trust being mentioned 157 times in the word. And that with very few exceptions, most of it was speaking of trusting in the Lord. So we can come away with the idea, yep, that's right, I shouldn't trust in people. Right? Um, and, you know, at all, right? Shouldn't trust in people at all. And again, if trust has been broken in our lives, it's, it's logical. It makes sense from an experiential point of view. However, when we read the totality of God's word, this is what we actually begin to see. Okay? Well, he doesn't come out and just say it. This is what we see. People, by design, made in his image, are trustworthy. From the beginning, it was so. Whose image are we made in? If we're made in the image of God, right? Therefore, if we're made in his image, from the beginning, we were created trustworthy. Now, I realize the fall happened, right? And, and, and so that changed. But it doesn't negate the fact that it was God's design from the beginning that people be trustworthy. thing when you look back and our, our friends the Clausens like to do this quite a bit starting in the book of Genesis and uh, I'm excited to have them uh, come and, and minister to some of you who have never been exposed to their ministry it's just it's just wonderful um, in so many ways but um, they love to start in the book of Genesis you know uh, again the plan from the beginning was built on the fact that trust has to take place Genesis 1.28, right? Build the earth, subdue it, and rule, right? Rule over the fish and the birds and the animals. Um, it was built on an expansion that has to involve trust and unity. It was part of the original plan. You know, and <clears throat> kind of as a side note, um, you know, uh, Melissa was talking about containers, right? You know, and I was thinking about, you know, that, that first command, that first commission, if you will, to fill the earth, subdue it. And so often we get caught up on the word subdue, and we think of these, that, you know, emperor comes in or, or 
the conquistadors, and, and we, we look at subdue in a really mean and nasty and, and rather crass way. But in truth, you know, to subdue is, is, is nothing more than to establish boundaries. Um, oops, no, I, I missed it, but I had a, a wine glass up there. It'll show up eventually. There it is. I knew it wasn't far behind. <laughs> Melissa's talking about con- uh, containers, vessels. A vessel is nothing more than established boundaries. A vessel is nothing more than the boundaries of a cup, okay? Holding milk or wine or juice or whatever it is you want it to contain or oil. It's setting appropriate. When we set appropriate boundaries, okay? When we subdue, when we set those boundaries, okay, it, it's meant to contain a thing. It can so often be looked at in, in a negative context, but boundaries, listen, you can't escape boundaries. You can say, I don't want any part of your boundaries. And guess what? That's part of your boundary. You, you can't escape them. And so your boundaries, whatever you set in life, are going to contain something for better or for worse. God's saying, look, I've got boundaries and they're good. Here's some suggestions. We so often look at the word and we look at all the rules and the regulations and we go, oh no, that's horrible. Look at all those horrible boundaries. But yet, did you ever stop and think what those boundaries are meant to contain? That was free. Again, it is also the Great Commission, right? It's dependent. Making disciples, uh, baptizing, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. You know, there's a level of trust that is required. Psalm 133 talks about with unity. There is a commanded blessing. So obviously it's something that God's really in tune with. It's something that he's shooting for. If he's saying, look, I'm going to command a blessing right here. You all get your stuff together. You start trusting one another. You start walking in unity. I'm I'm not just going to say I might bless you. I am commanding a blessing. You step into it by stepping into it. If you don't step into it. (laughs) If you know what I mean. (laughs) Or step in it. Maybe that's the word. Then we've got John 17. You know, Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for the disciples in John 17. And three times, again, there's that, there's that number, there's that repetition. Three separate times in a very short, short range, Jesus is praying that they may be one as we are one. So obviously this is his heart, right? Yes, it's a stretch at times. And again, you know, there, there's, there is that caveat that, that has been brought out. And, and we're not going to trust everybody equally. And there are some people having lost our trust that we should not trust again. Right? That doesn't uh, um, discount that. But God's plan involved trust from the beginning is the point. The other thing is, The plan didn't fail. Okay? We can look at it and go, 
Well, again, based on our experience, well, I don't think Jesus did all that well. Look around me. Right? But here's the thing. The plan got off the rails. The plan was us trusting one another. The plan was us, from the beginning, walking in unity. And then it got derailed. And then Jesus comes, and most people think, well, he came to fix it. Absolutely. He came, he fixed it, he sets the train back on the track, but then he says, look, here's the keys. Now, continue on. It's really the totality of his ministry. Because he turns around the people who broke his trust, the people who broke the trains and put it off the track in the first place, he puts it back on the track and gives them the keys to the train again. And he trusts them to keep moving forward. And he says, fill the earth, subdue and multiply. So we can't escape it. This is revelation sometimes, I think, for much of the church, is that he always trusted us He has always trusted us more than we trust in ourselves or choose to trust others. When you stop and think of what he trusts us with, it's mind-blowing. And yes, we screw it up. But that's why Jesus came. For the forgiveness of sins. So we can continually now, because of his sacrifice, put things back on track. It's by his grace. It's by his mercy. It's through forgiveness. Building kingdom is dependent upon trust. Right? And we're talking this morning about building. Um, So, if you would, turn to, if you want to turn here, if not, it's there. That was yellow. Is that yellow or green? Gospel of the kingdom. That looks green to me. Interesting how these colors show up. Alright. You want to turn there if you're at home because you probably can't see that. It's uh, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 15. Uh, verse 14. And here's where we're going to kind of camp for the rest of our time. Matthew 24, 14 says this. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Okay? The gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So, throughout the years, and probably even more so in in recent history. In my recent history, I'm talking the last century or so. Um, We as Christians have heard this. And we have assumed, generally speaking, okay, that all we have to do is go out and spread the seed of salvation. Okay? There are, if you go to certain churches, uh, different churches, and I'm not knocking this at all, okay? But they'll have a world map. And it'll highlight areas that where the gospel is. It'll highlight areas where the gospel isn't. You can do research. There are some who would say, uh, based on research, that the gospel of salvation, where within five years of seeing the entire world, right, covered, uh, all, all of creation having had the gospel of salvation preached to them. That's an awesome thing. It, but here's the kicker. So often they attach to that, 
and then the end will come. <laughs> All right? And, okay, Disc full disclosure, I don't know when the end's going to come. <laughs> but I don't think it's as soon as we preach to the last person that, that the message of salvation. Because anyone, if you're an astute student of God's Word and you read through the book of Romans... We know that even without us getting out our tracts, we know that even without us, you know, people seeing the Jesus movie, or I love the, uh, the Chosen. Yeah, so another side note. If you have not seen this series, it's a series uh, on, uh, on Jesus' life and, and the disciples. And, you know, you, most of us have been exposed, exposed to at least a movie about Jesus. Well, this takes the time and it develops relationships. It takes the time and, and develops character. And it, it's kind of like the message, um, in my opinion, um, come to love, okay? Because uh, it's not word for word scripture, but it's there. And uh, it's fun. Jesus is funny. He's a bit sarcastic. And some of the characters are, are just, they're amazing. Um and you download an app and you, you can, uh, what's the word? Cast it to your TV. Or if you have a smart TV, you can probably just get it like that. But our TV is not so smart. So we cast it. Um, but I, I strongly encourage it. But, but that too, it's, it's seed, right? It's seed of the gospel of salvation. And so often it's tied with end times. So we have all these things, you know, we've got other groups passing out Bibles, right? We've got groups creating websites and social media posts, all with going to spread the seed of salvation. And again, I am not discounting this at all. It's all good and it's amazing. And it's certainly a part of what we're called to do as Christians is spread the seed of the gospel of salvation. However... In truth, it is just one part of the greater picture. It's not the finish line. The gospel of salvation is not the finish line. It's only a portion, a very needed and important portion. We cannot do without it. We need to build upon that. But it's only a portion of the gospel of the kingdom. There is more work that needs to be done, and it involves trust for the purpose of unity. So, what am I talking about? Let's go back to those passages in the book of John, John 17, okay? If you want to open your Bible or your phone app or whatever you have, I'm not going to put these up here, okay? Uh, I will put them here, so at least you all can see here. You might be able to see that at home. Um, there's, there's three sections in chapter Chapter 17. In the first one, Jesus, uh, Jesus John 17, 11, um, basically says this, that they may be one even as we are one. That's the first time Jesus mentions it, and he, and he prays for a unity. He prays for the ability to trust one another, right? And then he, we look, skip down to verse 21, and near the end of that verse, he says again, that they may be one even as you Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us. 
But catch the rest of that. Okay, because this is this is the kicker. So that the world may believe that you sent me. I'm going to read the next one. This is still soaking in. And so, starting in verse 22, again, that they may be one, just as we are one. I and them and you and me. That they may be perfected in unity, in trust. So that the world may know that you sent me. And loved them, even as you have loved me. You see, here's the thing. We need to do more than just offer the world the seed of salvation. We need to show them the fruit. That's what this passage is talking about. Jesus is praying for their unity so that the world may know. Where does seed come from? Just in general, where does seed come from? Comes from the fruit, right? Or the vegetable, if we want to go that route. Okay, I know some of you will get technical: tomato, tomato, potato, potato, so on and so forth. But, but uh, <laughs> a rhubarb. But the seed is contained in the fruit. First Corinthians fifteen forty six says: first in the natural, then in the spiritual. This this is Paul's way of saying: hey, look, if you're not tracking with me, just look to the natural because it's also going to explain what's happening in the spirit because God puts the pattern there so that you could, he uses the simple things, right? Which is why he's comparing the kingdom to fishing. He's comparing the, the, the kingdom to sowing. He's talking about spiritual matters in a natural context, right? The seeds contained in the fruit. So let me ask this. If, or to the degree that we're not walking, rather, and the things that Jesus says here in terms of unity, um, or rather, if we're, I'm just going to read it verbatim. If we're not walking in the very thing Jesus said would be the reason the world believes, what kind of seed are we planting? If we can't demonstrate that trust and unity to the degree that we're called to demonstrate that with those around us, okay? Again, there are varying levels, and it's not like we're going to connect and trust everybody who just comes in and says, oh, trust me, I'm a Christian. Um, We don't do that. You still have to build relationship. There still has to be a knowing, and there has to be a a common purpose to trust others. Um, it's not only imperative that we bear fruit, but it determines, but it determines the kind of seed we're sowing into others. Let me ask this, okay? Um, for example, if you're telling your neighbor how great your garden is, right? You got this garden. Boom, there you go. Uh, You're telling them all about your garden. You're giving them the seeds. You're telling them all about the rules that they need to do in order to grow this kind of fruit and the boundaries they need to set up in order to have a garden as good as yours. Okay? But you don't actually show them the fruit. You just tell them all about it. Here, here's some seed. It's really good. 
Okay? Are you, are you inclined, if you're on the receiving end, to take it and go, wow, I really want to go plant some of that? Or are you more inclined if your friend takes you and says, you need to see my garden? And all the time you might be going, great, I really, I got stuff to do. I really don't want to do this. I think you're kind of crazy. Whatever the case may be. But somehow they get you to their garden and you go and you look and you go, oh my gosh, I've never seen a watermelon. That huge. And it's seedless? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Try it out. Oh, wow. Or whatever your favorite fruit is. You know, maybe there's apple trees and there's apples the size of your head. Imagine that. Wouldn't that be crazy? An apple the size of your head? Could you even eat that? You probably could. (laughs) It might take a few days. But wouldn't that inspire you to plant those apple seeds if you found something like that that you really liked? Oh, I sure would. You see, you begin to show people the fruit, and all of a sudden, you don't have to even pull the seeds out. They're going, oh my gosh, can I I get some of those seeds? Because those look really good. That's amazing fruit. So it is with the kingdom. You know, I I am of the belief that we've only scratched the surface in sowing the seeds of the kingdom. There is the gospel of salvation, yes. But it's also, um, I look at it like this. So many of you know, some of you don't. Uh, Many years ago, before there was a deck, um, my deck was a garden. Okay? There's a reason there's a deck there today. Okay? But I tried. I really tried, as my children will attest to, right, Alyssa Catherine? Um, uh, I tried. But here's the thing. I was successful in some manner of things, and others, not so much. You know? Um, But the one thing that would consistently grow, and would grow fast for me, was cilantro. I'd go, and up comes cilantro. And I love cilantro. And yes, that's exactly what the rest of the family would do. Ew. Oh, yeah. Uh, she couldn't even handle me eating it with my eggs because then she would smell it on my breath and it was like, it was like wipe repellent. Um, <laughs> it was successful wipe repellent. <laughs> but for anyone who appreciated cilantro, I remember giving some to Jennifer and I might have handed some Melissa's way as well. And there were a few others and they went, oh, this is really good. You know, when they see that fruit, they they want some of it, right? And at some point, you can give the seeds of that as well. But I wasn't successful in every every fruit that I planted, in every vegetable. The ones that I I was, I gave away and gave people seed. Others, people went, oh, that's a nice offer, but no, thank you. You can hold on to that seed. Right? So, see what happens when I get off my notes. All right. See, here's the other thing. You start showing people the fruit, and they ask for the seeds, and if they don't see things reproduced in their lives, They're going to be coming back to you and asking, how did you do? 
They're going to be asking you about your boundaries. We don't need to tell them, necessarily, but some things are helpful. It does have to go in the ground. Okay, You do have to water it. We tell them at least the very basics, but do you get what I'm saying? We don't have to tell people what the boundaries are. Sooner or later, they're going to ask, because they want to see that reproduced in their own life. They want to see that reproduced in their own garden. That's a whole lot easier than somehow than sometimes we make it. You see, a lot of times, what I have done, just speaking for myself, is I'll hear an amazing testimony, okay, uh, of you know maybe someone who's working in signs and wonders and healings, or, or maybe it's, maybe it's a testimony about angry Irishmen and, and how things are going, and I might convey that to others to encourage them, but. I can't necessarily show them the fruit, right? That's the fruit of someone else's lives. And we can plant that seed and we can throw it out, okay? But then we need to do kind of the same thing that the woman at the well did. She, she took of the fruit of what she experienced and she went out and she told people about Jesus and they had to go see for themselves. Sometimes we need to do that and connect people. It's why we bring people in. The reason why the Clausens are coming, the reason why the Carlsons are coming, is because I've seen the fruit firsthand, and I went, wow, that's amazing. I've got to share that. You've got to see it. You've got to experience it. It's kingdom, taste, and see that the Lord is good, right? And so that's why we bring people in. It's not just to, to tickle people's ears. The Carlsons, I got a text from Dave yesterday. Um, you know, they're just seeing all sorts of miracles taking place. And I don't even have the, the fullness of any testimonies, uh, uh, but I know people are being healed. You know, I've got another friend. I'm hoping that he's, he comes in the fall. Um, his uh, ministry is called Miracles in the Marketplace, Craig and Susie Nelson. And... Uh, Craig is one of these guys that when he gets a hold of something, he doesn't just step in a little bit with his toe. He goes, jumps right in both feet, right? And this is how he has been with God all of his life. And so miracles in the marketplace, Craig, they're going out. He bought a metal detector, okay? Because they're praying for people and they're praying that God would not only heal them and restore them, but would remove the metal in, the, in their backs, remove the metal from the hips and the ankles and so on. And so he, I may have shared this testimony, but I'll share it again. It's worth it. Um, he gives this amazing testimony how there's this person who's got ankle. He's got ankle. I'm trying to speed up. Let me slow down a little bit. There's this person. Obviously, they have an ankle, but there's metal in their ankle. Okay? And so before they pray for them, they know this. So Craig gets out the metal detector, and they go, okay, metal. And they pray for him. They lay hands on him, right? And then say, all right, let's check it out. Nothing. And to his credit, he brought one of his friends who, who was a huge skeptic. He said, this was one of my biggest skeptics, and, and so I wanted him there. And so the friend's like, all right, does the thing work? You know, so he's taking the metal detector, and he's taking it over Craig's watch. He's going, beep, 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 beep. He's trying other things. And he goes back to the ankle himself. And 
God's in the business of doing amazing things. And when you take, it's that fruit that we need to taste of so that we can experience it for ourselves, so we can begin to grow that in our lives, so that we can then have seed to go spread it elsewhere. You see, the gospel of the, 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 the kingdom of heaven, the gospel of the kingdom is so much more than the gospel of salvation. That's amazing. And that'll get you into heaven. And that's where he wants you, us, all of us. Don't get me wrong, but there is so much more. There is so much more, and we need to taste and experience of the fruit of the gospel of the kingdom. Hmm. Let's, uh, I'm running along, way longer than I, I thought I would, but let's go here briefly. Okay, turn, if you would, to Ephesians um, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. I want to read this because, in my opinion, this, this is the epitome of why we spent three weeks on trust. This is what we're shooting for. This is that which, which God had in his mind from the beginning, Right? Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11, it says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and pastors, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we attain the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature that belongs to the fullness of Christ. Pause. What did Jesus tell us to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, blah, 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 blah. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How? On earth as it is in heaven. Go back and read this again. But this is his desire. He wants the building up of the body of Christ until we attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure and stature that belongs to the fullness of Christ. What is the measure of the fullness of Christ? It might look different to every one of us, but if you know him, it's got to be awesome. Yeah. There may be more you need to be exposed to. Uh, there's more I want to be exposed to in terms of kingdom fruit. But think of the, me- the fullness of the measure. This is his heart's desire. I'm not worried about the end coming anytime soon because I don't see this fruit manifested in the body of Christ consistently. I see it increasing. And so when I say it's time to build, this is what I'm after. Yes, it's, it's, it's this. I'm excited about the physical changes to our building. I'm more excited about the changes that are happening Oh my gosh, the work that he's done in me over the last years. Oy vey, if I could totally convey it. I I can't. You're going to get it in bits and pieces over probably the course of the next several years, but he's just totally destroyed me in a good way so that I could bear new and wonderful fruit. Having said that, forgive me if I don't. (laughs) But I'm excited about What's being manifested in each of you as I see lives changing as well? Because I see it and I hear about it and it blows my mind. As a result, we're no longer to be tossed around. You get the point, right? This is what he wants the world to see. This is the fruit that we need to bear so that 
People will desire, scramble for, give anything for this seed of the gospel of the kingdom that they see manifested in our lives. This is why we're called to establish trust with one another through Christ. And again, as we stated, and we didn't spend much time on it, and I don't know that we really need to, but at the same time, it's probably the most important takeaway is that as we're learning to trust, he, some of the greatest tools he gave us were grace and mercy and forgiveness. You know, how do we do that? Well, start looking at the fruit of his life. Look at what people did to him and what he forgave. There are difficult things to forgive. Granted, I've often said that the things my wife has forgiven me for, she taught me grace and forgiveness. She truly has, and if you don't know my story, ask me sometime. But I learned forgiveness through her. God taught me through her. You know, Melissa had shared earlier in the year, while God speaking to her, about this being a year of great grace, right? And, and I... I've lashed on to that, and I've seen it. That it's been manifesting in my life. If you if you haven't seen it, open your eyes. It's been manifesting here. There's just been so much grace that's been poured out. Um, but I believe that one reason for this outpouring of grace is that He's getting ready. God is getting ready for full build mode within within the body of Christ. I really believe that's his heart. We've seen a lot of tearing down, right? And even over the last year, it kind of got ugly at times. Okay? Even within the four walls of any church or, or within the greater church, one to another, it got kind of ugly. And, and I think people are still reeling and, and, and coming out of that. And there's a reason for that. He needs to expose things so that we can get down to the rock of Christ Jesus and build on that foundation. Right? But... I truly believe in that. I just want to even declare God is in full build mode. He's, he's wading into this. For those, for those who are ready, it, and here's the thing. You know, if you go, well, I'm not really ready. You know, we, we look at our own foundation and we look at all the junk piled up there. Let me tell you how God has, has built in my life. And, I, and I'll finish with this. Um. God did not wait to build in my life until the entire foundation was clear. You know how he did it? Um, if you can imagine this large, you know, just the size of this building, just a big old cement slab, just full of junk and de debris and bird poop and coon poop and all sorts of poop, okay, stuff. You know, this is, a, this is my visual of how God's built in my life. He cleans a corner... One little corner, and he lays a brick. And I go, he built something. 
<laughs> right? And then he, he lays another brick as he clears a little bit more. And then he lays another brick. It's not about getting us totally cleaned up before he can build. It's about where what have you given him that where he can build right now? What needs to be cleaned? You might look and go, oh, oh, but Lord, all of this. Okay. Lord, where do you want to start? And you let him come up and you let him go, brick. Then you go, yeah, look, I got a brick. And you celebrate with your friends and your neighbors. And you let them see that fruit. Because why? Because that's going to produce fruit in their lives. Because of the seed. There's a purpose. Why we spent so much time on trust. And yes, now four days. What is four days? Oh my goodness. But it's about building something. God's going into full tilt build mode. I don't know what for. I don't know how long. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I only know what he's doing in my life. I know what I'm called to do here. And I'm excited to continue to look around and go, wow, that's really cool to hear about 4,500 stores, right? I told Michelle, see, I I told her she had to to hear this fruit for herself because I said, I think it was like 1,200 stores. And that, to me, was a lot of stores. It is a lot of stores. And then it changed to 2,500. But you got to sometimes go back and you got to meet this person and hear this testimony because God wants to do that same thing in your life. There's more seed than just cilantro. Right? Joshua says, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. There's a lot to enjoy. And some of it, Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard what he has read. You know, what, what did he say? You know, the things that I do, Jesus said this, the things that I do, greater still will you do. It's time to think bigger if you haven't already. And where you've already thought bigger and you've been able to contain that in any way, shape, or form, it's time to move the boundaries back because you're called for so much more. That's the nature of the seed of the kingdom. And that's what he's building. This is why mothers are so important. You thought I couldn't tie it in. But we learn to, to trust with our mother, as Jeannie pointed out, at her mother's breast. And we want to honor that this morning. I am so thankful for my mother. I'm so thankful for the mothers that are in here and how you invest and how you have taught people, those little ones around you especially, or maybe now big ones, to trust. Because if not for that, we would be so much farther behind in terms of the the, the building of the kingdom. We sang it this morning, right? Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. It better. It does. So go ahead and stand up. I want to bless the mothers, the mamas and the papas, but especially the mothers this morning.
That went longer than I intended to. Um, so I thank you for the grace. Um, but as you can see, I'm really excited about this. Um, so Father, I, I just thank you so much for mothers. How you, how amazingly you have created them, full of grace and mercy, full of forgiveness. How they have taught and invested in their children throughout the years. And Father, we just we just declare honor to whom honor is due. There's a reason we can say it's just a hallmark holiday, Lord, but but you don't waste a thing. And these mothers are so deserving of honor. So we honor them this morning. And we ask special grace to continue to be the amazing mothers that they are and to be better still where they feel like they fall short. Father, we declare your mercy and your forgiveness for any areas where they feel they have fallen short. And we just thank you that your strength is available. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. So bless them as they go. Father, we just pray for new and deeper connections, mother to child, husband to wife today. We pray that you would just bless the entire family because that's the purpose of mothers is, is, is to bless the rest of the family. And so much more. So, Lord, let your face shine down upon each one as we go. And we just ask all this. Let your kingdom just be built in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, if anyone is in need of prayer, please, uh, you know, come. We'll be happy to pray with you. Otherwise, for you at home, um, the rest of you are dismissed, but for you at home real quick, um, if you want to contact us, if you're in need, of, if you have prayer needs, you can get a hold of us through um, arcgenoa.org. And there's a contact place. There's also a place that you can meet this Jesus, the fruit of whom we've been talking about.